0: It's time to discuss some of the week's big stories. Joining me is City Councilor for Ward 18, Willowdale, Lily Chang. Welcome back, Lily. Hi, Makey. Good morning. Good morning. All right, let's get right into it. There has been a lot of talk about the future of Ontario Place this week. Uh, we know of the plans for for it to become a luxury spa with a parking lot that Toronto taxpayers will be on the hook for. Anna bylaw, one of the mayoral candidates, has said that she would like to see the Science Centre move to that spot. Premier Ford has hinted that there has already been potentially talks about this. What are your thoughts, Lily? Well, I think there's two aspects to this discussion. The first is the
1: Science Centre, and I say don't touch that sign center. Mm. Uh, we have so many of our family amenities are already downtown, the AGO, the ROM, CN Tower, the uh, aquarium. But there's also a lot of families that don't live in the downtown and who would prefer to have something that they can visit in their neighborhood. And uh, I think the our M- the MP, Michael Koto pointed out that uh, actually, where the science Center is located is right near Thorrinth Park, where there are a lot of families who uh, would really benefit from the the accessibility of that location so Um, My message on that issue is please don't touch the Science Center. It's a beautiful building. It's built, uh, you know, staged on a ravine. I'm not sure how you could repurpose that land for housing. And certainly they could explore building housing on the parking lot and digging enough parking spaces so that the Science Center could continue to serve the, the neighborhood. So that's one piece. Uh, the other piece is, you know, I'm one of those kids that grew up going to Ontario Place. And, yes,
0: I uh, did too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and it was really meaningful. It was a really special place, and and I think we have, you know, many governments of different stripes to blame. That why are we in this moment in time, and why has there not been a vision for what is a family uh, amenity, a family family destination? Mm-hmm that is inclusive, accessible, affordable. Uh, How did we let such a great location? And and I don't understand why a science center would have to be on the waterfront, really. Uh, but I do remember uh, slides on, um, I think it was potato sack slides and swings and yeah. And, why and the log we-
0: ride. How can we forget yeah. the log ride, Lily? That's
1: right. And that was probably the first, you know, roller coaster type yes. thing I ever put on. <laughs> um, probably dating myself here, but uh, we need to reimagine it. I. I'm also a realist. So we know that, you know, when our premier makes a decision, uh, it's very hard for us to undo that. I face that every day when, you know, I'm dealing with development and the impact of Bill 109 and Bill 23. Mm. So there is a contract that has been signed uh, between Therm and the province. Uh, So I think there's a very difficult wrestling session that lies ahead of us. Uh, We, you know, as counselors, we are definitely working on trying to find what is the best deal that we can get in this situation, we realize that we don't own the land. And so therefore, we're not going to be able to override whatever is being negotiated. But certainly, uh, we do own a little piece of that land that they really need. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so that you know is something we're going to hold on to to make sure that the outcome is the best possible for all families to be able to access.
0: But the city does own the land that the sign center is on, am I correct?
1: The that I'm not sure actually. Okay,
0: I've heard yeah. reports earlier today that the city does own the land that the Science Centre is on and that the province uh, is, runs the Science Centre. And so if, if that's correct, then it'll be interesting to see what the conversation would look like and be like with the City Council. But we'll leave that there. If you're not sure, we'll, we won't enter into that mm-hmm. conversation. When we talk about, though, the Ontario, uh, Ontario Centre, um, center, um, some have said that we're probably a little nostalgic Um, And that really the reason why it's kind of crumbled and, you know, an ode to the past is because we didn't continue to to go to the log rides. We didn't take our family there. It kind of died. And so how do we find how do we create a spot that people are going to want to go to time and time again? It might not be a spa. It might not be the science center. uh, But is it a park? Is it what is it? Well that's a
1: great question and I think that that's a question that all of Ontario since it is Ontario place should have the chance to discuss and shape. Uh, I you know the the things that we talk about should not be decisions purely made by politicians and those who have vested interests. And I I don't think that Ontario place failed because it wasn't something exciting for families to go to. I think that you know there's different pieces of running a business marketing uh events things that you have to do to keep something on the forefront of people's minds you are competing with so many other things that are happening so yes i i do admit probably there is a little bit of nostalgia but i also think that you know as a mom with kids and i know lots of families i know mo- most parents and families are looking for uh fun and educational things to do on weekends. So uh, I I definitely think there's still an opportunity to reimagine what it can be together. Mm -hmm. There might be some great ideas out there. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. In other news, uh, Lily, there is an interesting story. A transit advocacy group is alleging that a list of TTC cuts were kept a secret before the budget was debated or voted on in February what do you know about that? is Is that true? Should the yes. public have known about this sooner?
1: so I, I i have also been in conversation with constituents about this. Uh, and many people are quite upset to it's really, you know, not announced in a way that's transparent or timely. And especially as counselors, you know, when we're voting on budgets, and they're saying, Oh, we're going to scale something back, it's actually disingenuous for us to be forced to vote on something that has no transparency. So uh, definitely, I'm not happy about that. And I think most of my councillor colleagues are not happy about it. They were definitely working on this without letting us know. And, and it's really disappointing, because you know, there's so many pressures right now on transit with the random acts of violence that have happened. And, you know, everyone having more of a work from home kind of schedule. There's a lot of changes in how we use transit, but cutting back will just lead us into this vicious cycle where more and more people are going to stop seeing it as a viable option for them to get to where they need to go.
0: You know, you said is disingenuous. I also feel is misleading. I mean, voting on the budget, right? It also includes the TTC budget as well, yeah. uh, which is $2.38 billion. Do you think that if there had been knowledge of the cutbacks, there would have been more challenge to the budget if, if the councillors knew what was going to happen and that 14 TTC routes are, are looking at uh, service reductions? A
1: hundred percent. I think, you know, it's it's once you get into the nitty gritty and you see where the rubber hits the road, where the impact on people's lives are, where five minute wait will become 10 minute wait, which, you know, it, it can really make a difference whether or not someone's going to take transit. So if we had to look at the schedule and the proposed cutbacks, and if we had a chance to actually participate in that process, and certainly, I would be very interested in seeing the data that supports mm-hmm. these decisions. Um, and the the data has to be uh, very um, carefully selected because we're not just looking at current behavior. Part of it is also you have to think. You know, where are we heading in terms of usage of of the subway? And and we are welcoming an incredible number of newcomers into our city right now, uh, and we want them to take transit. And unfortunately, you know, actually last week I ran into uh, two young women who are just arrived, I think, half a year from Hong Kong, where everyone lives on transit Mm. in in Hong Kong. And uh, one of the girls said her first goal here in Canada, other than, you know, getting a job, is getting her driver's license. Wow. Because she realizes that uh, to be in Toronto, to be Canadian, you have to drive to be able to go places.
0: Wow. That says a lot. And you're right. There's so many households that depend on the TTC to get to work, to get to school. They don't have the luxury of jumping in an Uber or jumping into a car. And the TTC is the only way for them to get from A to B. Sticking on the topic of the better way, the TTC, we are getting cell service but it's not clear whose calls will actually go through Rogers announced earlier this week that they had acquired access to TTC wireless network. The president of Rogers says he will not stop other cell phone companies from offering service underground. There are so many questions around that and a lot of clarification, I think we're all waiting for. Um, but first, what took so long for this to happen, Lily? Why did it take so long for this to happen?
1: Unfortunately, I think it was the uh, tragedy that happened uh, with the loss of the 16-year-old that was the fire that finally got us, it it, it was was really a business and political stalemate. Um, You have the people who laid down the lines, uh, the BAI, I think it is, and and no one wanted to play ball with them so bell and uh rogers just stood on the side didn't do anything for years and this contract uh seemed like an eternal contract i think there's still 10 or 15 more years to the contract so somehow that stalemate resulted in us living in the dark ages i i just got back from a smart city conference in taipei taiwan And, uh, I was very unused to having cell service every time I went on their transit system, I kind of had to pinch myself. Is this really happening? 5G underground?
0: (laughs) (laughs) What a, what a, yeah, what a weird thing. Um, so it's interesting because, you know, the Rogers president has said that there were talks with uh, by uh, over uh, over the past year. And so this was a, a conversation that they've been having for a while. My question is, should our safety be a commodity? If, if you're right, Lily, and if it took, unfortunately, for a 16 year old to be killed and and like, not, let's not forget the many other uh, incidents that have happened on the TTC um, attacks, death and so forth. Uh, why, like, should our safety be a commodity? Should it be something that is basically negotiated between, you know, the big cell phone companies? I
1: know well, what your answer
0: is. Yeah, already.
1: I mean, certainly, I, you know, safety should be the most important thing when we're making any decision. Uh, but clearly, that's not the case, because we just have to see there's no platform barriers either. Yeah. And in fact, I, I, you know, I met with Metrolinx this week and I asked, you know, are we going to be building platform barriers in the new stations that are being built? And they said that, you know, originally there wasn't a consideration, but because of this current context, they are now considering it. So uh, unfortunately, it does take tragedy to move people out of this inertia, but again i you know i just got back from taipei taiwan and there were platform barriers everywhere and there are six lines of subways that allow you to get across the whole city and they just started building in 1996 so in 29 years they've built um six lines with 131 stations wow and to me the politicization of everything we do is what causes the inertia. Uh, it, it shouldn't be, you know, the politician of the day deciding on what kind of infrastructure we need. Yeah. We should just be committed to investing in excellent infrastructure, into investing in the building of a world class city. And you know, when if we circle back to the Ontario Place uh, debate and the land ownership, which you know your team has confirmed that it is Toronto that owns it. You know, the issue is not about who owns the land and the issue should really be about why aren't we building affordable housing everywhere while we can? Uh, It's clearly desperately needed and there's no level of government right now that has a commitment to building uh, the volume of affordable housing that we need. We have inclusionary zoning that is awaiting a stamp from uh, the Minister of Housing to say, where are these primary transit hubs? But even then, once that is passed, the level of affordability will only be, you know, 25 years uh, of every new building that is over 100 units that are in these primary transit hubs. So, and, you know, I hate to do this, refer back to my trip from Asia, but in Taipei, they're currently building 39 beautiful, tall, affordable, uh, a combination affordable and rent geared to income buildings. And why are they doing this? It's not just to address people living in poverty. They also recognize that young people who are graduating and just starting their careers, they're not making the wages that makes Toronto or the city, sorry, affordable. And therefore, they're investing in building a tremendous amount of housing. And and that is to ensure that the people who are working in the city can stay living in the city. Uh, and that takes the commitment of multiple levels of government. And uh, that is un- the unfortunate thing because we've politicized it. Our different levels of government don't collaborate well. But really, if you want visionary building of infrastructure, Future minded design of a city, you need that cooperation and commitment to
0: excellence. Yeah. When you go to a conference like that, do you come back frustrated as the city councilor of Toronto or <laughs> do you come back energized thinking this is what our city can do? So, a little bit of both. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, parts of it are depressing to just see how far back we are. But then definitely I am energized, I do bring it up in meetings with different departments and there is a a plan I am working with our digital cities department to put together a slide deck uh, to share across departments and I'm hoping to facilitate some knowledge sharing meetings across time zones so that there are opportunities to cross pollinate i'm sure there are things that we can also bring to the table but you know a, a simple idea that i loved when i was there was i used their equivalent of bike share which they call Ubike bike and you can use that system with the r equivalent of a presto card so you take your presto card you tap you get the bike hmm. and not only do you get to ride with that at a very low rate there's also a built-in lock. So when you need to stop and pick up something at a store, there's a built-in lock that once you lock it, then you tap your card and it locks. And when you tap your card again, wow. it unlocks. Wow. It's, yeah. So there's some wonderful things that I saw. I took lots of notes, lots of pictures, and I, I do look forward to sharing it across the different departments in our city.
0: We are out of time, Lily, but I need to squeeze this in because I did notice that you're hosting uh, a media event on Monday to make an announcement about the proposed federal electoral district's redistribution. Can you give us a little sneak peek as to what you will be announcing or what you'll be discussing on Monday? Uh, I, I'd rather not say
1: because, okay. you know, it is something that um, we are hoping that people come and, and participate in that conversation. I was just
0: looking for but, a scoop, Lily. That's okay. Yeah.
1: You know what? <laughs> we, we, Toronto needs a strong voice. Uh, because a strong Toronto is a strong Canada, a strong Toronto is a strong Ontario. And we have lost that message somewhere. So yeah, I'll leave you with that. All right.
0: (laughs) I think I know what you mean by that. Thank you so much, Lily. It's always a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, Maggie. Have a wonderful day.